This is the Digital Fire Podcast with Leslie Babel. Leslie is a friend of mine and the owner of Digital Fire, and Leslie is a person driven toward the task of helping business owners prosper through technology, not in spite of it, through technology. And I would just, Here's you know, the phone would ring and I would go from emergency to emergency, and, and everywhere I went, there was a crisis. Uh, turns out that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at that, uh, going from crisis to crisis, and, and in a crisis... You know, not to toot my own horn too much, but I'm the guy you want when that server is down or when the potential data loss or, you know, there's, we've had, I can think of a whole bunch of situations where actually there has been real fires, uh, like actual fires with computers and servers and all kinds of stuff. And, and we're, you know, we are actually the people you want in that situation, but it turns out that that situation sucks. Right, no one wants to be in that situation. Right? It's like you go through enough of those, and you're like, "Wow, this this is terrible." Like this is, you know, if only I could have got there a little bit before there was lost data, or a little bit before the thing was going to crash, or before it went down and caused four days of downtime and you know no sleep for anyone, and and maybe there's a different way that doesn't require us to end up in the situation that is so painful and so. You know, and, and, and look, we'll get you out of that situation if you're in it, but, but wouldn't you rather not be in it? I mean, that's, that's where, that, that's where this whole thing came from is I'd, I'd been enough in enough fire situations. Like you, you're a firefighter for long enough and you start thinking about how you might prevent these things from happening, right? Is, is you create a fire prevention department. So you're like, you know, so this bad stuff doesn't happen anymore. There's probably a way to prevent this. What, um, I know that the the percentage of businesses that have fallen victim to ransomware, the majority of them are out of business within the next two years. When you lose your data, um, is there a figure as to what lasting, how many businesses can survive that? Yeah, so there's some stats on that. I'm not sure I'm super up to date with that, but it's, I mean... Suffice it to say that it's really like imagine if you didn't have a customer list, if you didn't have phone numbers, if you didn't, you know, everybody has their customers' data that, that, you know, if you're a manufacturing company, then your customer list or the engineering documents of the, the products you produce, the revision history of previous versions of that product, you know, if you have your customers' logos, if you're a printing company, if you, if you're a shipping company, then then the history of what that company has shipped before, what what what's in their contract? How much are we supposed to charge them again? You know, like that's vital data to any business. It's 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 stuff that we that's in the background that we assume is going to be there, uh, and if that's suddenly not there, right? The the digital age has caused this uh, transformation where it used to be in a filing cabinet over in the corner. Right and, and and paper doesn't go bad that quickly, right? You could come back in ten years, and that piece of paper is probably still sitting there, unless someone's moved it. I mean, there, there could be actually be a fire or something like that. But you know, paper is not a um, a material that goes bad, but data is. If data is on a hard drive somewhere, that hard drive has a shelf life. It's literally a ticking time bomb for that. Now wait a minute. Right. So it's your data anywhere it is is on some hard drive that has a motor that's spinning that is or an SSD that has a shelf life that, that literally the document you saved 
has a shelf life now, whereas on a piece of paper it didn't, right? On a CD it did too, but the shelf life was so long for right. a CD that it didn't matter, so it was essentially forever, um, at least in business terms. But but data these days is not. I mean, an average SSD is, you know, two years, three years, four years, the most sort of thing, right? So your data better be in a couple places so that the ticking time bomb on that data is is at least spread out, right? That risk is spread out. So it, it's that transformation and it's, you know, all these wonderful things about the cloud and I love the cloud and we're, we're you know, we're there and, and all of our customers have at least some component in the cloud um, depending on their risk tolerance and security uh, and that sort of thing. There's always, there's a, there's a, there's a stance that you take on that um, as in how much should be in the cloud and how much should be local, et cetera. But, but the point is that if your data is digital, it has a shelf life that is much shorter than than it was on, on paper. And it's really useful, really convenient. You can access it from anywhere, right? You can take it with you. You can get it on the cloud. You can put it on a USB stick. You can have it on your laptop. You can have it on your desktop. But it has a shelf life now because it's on some device that is going to die. So what are the big threats? Is it... Is it the dead device? Is it uh, obviously there's malware and there's there's ransoming issues, but let's take all the pirates and put them over in the corner for a second. Is the fact that inevitably a machine with moving parts is going to break down? It's it's all of those things. So so there's there's the bad guys. Yeah. Right. So that that's there's a whole discussion to be had on security or many discussions to be had on on security. Right. Um, we had an event back in the end of November about, about uh, security and all the things you can do. And we talked last time about two-factor authentication and, and some basic stuff that you can do there. You know, So there's a whole thing on security. And, and there are a lot of bad guys out there that want to use your data to get money, right? Either, either get the credit cards that are in there or take your data for ransom or uh, there's even states that will want to get engineering documents about the things that you hold, maybe your clients' documents, maybe your documents, um, that sort of thing. Just general business practices, right? There's there's states that want uh, information that we have as Canadian businesses, um, you know. But then there's also just the thing's going to die, the device is going to die, the 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 server is going to die, the the backup drive is going to die, the Right, and then there's the physical factors of actually having a fire. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you go into your server room right now, I bet you it's got a sprinkler head sitting right above the server. Right, because because it has to. That's the code. It must be in there. If there's a room, there must. And and if there isn't, then you're probably not up to code. There there has to be. But there's literally a, a water hose sitting right above your server. Like it's right there. Right. So if the backup drive is 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 you know and this actually happened at my church um the the, the backup drive was sitting on the 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 server I got a backup yeah it's right underneath the same hose the server's under right <laughs> so it's like what good is that and there was a fire there was a real fire at the church this is in Oakville and 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 the you know and it it, it wasn't a sprinkler it was the fire department right god love the fire department they saved the building right but they had to they absolutely had to douse the server in water right so the back would drive and then the server were were soaked and yeah they weren't recoverable <laughs> right and and so um in the end we'd send it out to data recovery company all's well that ends well but but it's a whole bunch of effort that you'd rather have avoided right um 
So, uh, yeah, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure, <laughs> as they say, right? Why do people not maintain their tack? It's like everything else. I mean, does everyone go to the gym? Not everybody goes to the gym, right? The, the You know, we all know it's healthy and the right thing to do, and there's a bunch of people that do, and, and, and you know, we enjoy it and have fun, and, and then, but sometimes you fall off the wagon and you don't go to the gym, right? Or you don't always eat right, and you don't always, I mean, do you have a maintenance plan on your furnace? You probably should, right? But does everyone? Um, you know, or your hot water heater, or your, you know, your but my your business car doesn't that kind of stuff. My business but, doesn't hinge on my hot water heater. Well, <laughs> that's the thing: is how much do you have at stake, right? Is, is it, it? It's tough psychologically to because when something breaks, it's right there; it's in your face. You have to fix it. There's no choice, and it's really there's no there's no real thought process of whether you should fix it or not. You must. You absolutely must if you want to continue to be in business. You absolutely have to fix it. Right, so if you don't have any heat, you're going to call the furnace company, right? And then they'll come out and fix it. You probably should have had a, you know, maintenance contract on it so it wouldn't break. You know, when it was minus twenty outside, and, and that's probably not the best time to do it, right? But it's how important is that to you, right? And and if do we have a maintenance plan on our cars? Um, you know, some people just get new cars all the time, yeah. And then and that's that's one way to deal with it. Right? Is the, you know, in the case of IT, it's, you know, do you need a maintenance plan on your IT? The thing is that a brand new car comes out of the box, you can turn the key and pretty much drive it, and it, and it does, you know, gets you from point A to point B, and it, ha- and it's nice. Uh, a brand new computer shows up out of the box, it doesn't have your software on it, it's not connected to your network, it doesn't have the person's name, it doesn't, Imagine if you if you if the car showed up at the car dealership, and they required five hours of customization before you could drive it off the lot. Not customization to make it like you know add a spoiler and tint the windows. Mm-hmm. I mean like it's not drivable until they personalize it for you, right? So it's a it's a bit different. Is it like okay, fine, you can turn it on and it'll boot Windows, but it can't open a Word document, it can't open a PDF, it can't print to your printer, it can't connect to your server, it's not connect, doesn't have your email on it, doesn't have any of your documents, you can't remotely log into it, it's useless basically <laughs> out of the box. There's there's that last mile of configuration that's that's required, right? Um, and so that, that piece is really important and that makes the maintenance piece all that much more important because getting a new one isn't the solution, right? Like, you could go and spend a whole bunch of money and get a new computer for every single one of your staff this afternoon. But you'd have to prove that in there because you right, you'd have to Like, what would you do then? It. You'd have a huge problem on your hands. You just bought 20 new computers. They're over in the corner. How do you get those 20 computers into the hands of the people and the people working on them? That is a giant transition that you have to go through. It's a huge pain in the butt, right? That, that's, that's our value. That's where we come in. Yeah, you, you do need the computer. We're gonna we're gonna show you a report that says, look, here's your staff, here's what they're doing. They can't work on PCs that are six years old. It you're paying for it in payroll instead of buying the new equipment. Yes, yes, you have to have new equipment. It's not enough. Just buying new equipment is is, is not enough. Do you need to buy all new equipment? No, you don't. Let's buy equipment where it's necessary, where it's right to do so. Let's put on a plan. Let's 
have a strategy to figure out where we should spend money and where we can save money and where we can do it maybe next year or next quarter, right? So how can, aside from the threat of breakdown, how can a plan like this save the firm or the firm owner's money? Well, generally people look at it and it's, it's the Captain Obvious stuff. That PC's old. Okay, let's replace it, right? And, and that's generally how people do it. Server's old. We should get some new ones. Right, and then they call up, you know, one IBM. of the manufacturers. Sure. You know, yeah, IBM, Dell, HP, whatever, and you talk to a salesperson there that you just met thirty seconds ago on the phone, and they tell you what server you should buy. Right? It, I mean, how much do they really know about your business and what you're trying to do, and you know where you're going to be next year, and and you know that you might open another office, or you might be shrinking, or that you. You know, you're just kind of trying to get through to next year or your things are going like gangbusters and you're going to be double the size probably in six months or, you know, do, should you, is that, should you really be trusting that person to make those kinds it's of decisions for yeah. you? Right. It, it, you know, where we come in is, is we live there with you. Things are broken. We'll be there when things are broken. Sure. Right. We'll be there. But we're there when things are not broken, and that's really the key, is, is, is we live our customers' lives for a while. We go there and we spend a day with them. And if the Wi-Fi sucks over in the corner, then, then we'll experience that on our laptop, right? And, and we'll understand how important that is. Or we'll understand that it's not important, that if the Wi-Fi sucks over in the corner, but nobody's ever over there, and we don't need Wi-Fi over there, then we don't need to spend money to make the Wi-Fi stronger over there. But if over in the corner is actually a really key meeting spot for people, and that's where you, you know, have a quiet sit down with it, and it's not the main boardroom, but it's a little side meeting space, and it's really important because of XYZ, we'll know that and we'll know, hey, look, if we move the access point a little bit, or maybe buy a new one, you know, I'm not going to rule that out, but basically to someone who knows technology and also knows your business. You made a, a great analogy there in terms of the Wi-Fi, but how often do you come across a situation where um, you know you have a redundant or, or non-productive elements in the system and you can say, look, before we even start that, what is this doing here and why is this here and can we replace that or update that or and make so, the whole thing so, run better? So we better. brought in a customer um, a couple years ago now mm-hmm. um, and just before they brought us on um you know this this is a, a not for profit mm-hmm. and budget oriented sure um right so there are times of the year that they can spend money and other times that it's just not in the budget right um and they had just bought two brand new macbook airs and the macbook air is a great machine great little machine super thin lightweight um but the purpose of these MacBook Airs was for designing, was to run Illustrator, Photoshop, um, you know, pretty heavy-duty programs. And our stats showed that the computers were maxing out. So we came back 30 days after we just got on and, and you know, put some stats on the boardroom table and said, I know you just bought these machines, but they're maxed out. That they're being used 80, 90% the whole day long, every day. 
and 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 I can tell what time the person goes home because I can see when the CPU usage dropped. I have no idea what file they're working on. I have no personal information, but I can see that the CPU is going gangbusters all day long, and then then not uh, afterwards. And but it's at eighty ninety percent. I mean, this person is for sure sitting there watching the little rainbow on the MacBook, and and waiting for their beautiful thin lightweight computer to not do the work and and so they actually brought the person in um and they had hired the person recently and 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 they said well you know the stats are showing that the computer is your computer's slow is that is that true and she said yeah it's i see the little rainbow all the time right and she had a coffee in her hand because she had time to go and not that people shouldn't have coffee but that you know, she had extra time on her hands during the day uh, where she was waiting for her computer. And they said, well, why didn't you say anything? She said, well, I just got here and you spent, you know, $3,000 on getting me a new beautiful workstation with an external monitor and, and you know, it's it was a whole bunch of software and equipment and everything and, and, and you did it for me and I, I really appreciate it. So I didn't want to seem ungrateful, <laughs> right? So So the employee didn't say anything because they were... You know, the, the the business had just bought them. They they threw a bunch of money at the problem, and they had moved on. And I brought it up again and said, "This is not. There's something here that's not right, um, right?" So so in the end, how did we solve it? There was another set of workstations coming a few months down the road, and so, but those weren't for designers. Those were for other staff doing other work, for which the MacBook was perfect and lovely and, and thin and light and beautiful and, and they could take it home and, 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 you know, absolutely a dream, right? So, so we just, we, we switched them. Those people got MacBooks that were a few months old, still awesome machines and great for the work that they were doing. And then the designers got, you know, beefy. Bigger, fatter, stronger machines, and yeah, they weighed seven pounds each. They're they were big, fat machines, but it turns out that they didn't take them home. The MacBook Airs sat on those on the desks all day long, right? They they wanted laptops anyways, just for the look. But a seven pound laptop was the thing that they needed to do the job, right? And and you know, would I have loved it if I could got them a, a two pound thing to do the job? Sure, but a seven-pound laptop with a video card and dedicated RAM for video, et cetera, was the thing that they needed to run the software properly so she didn't have to sit there and wait and so the company didn't have to pay for it in payroll, right? That That's really what it comes down to is that in the end, they didn't spend any more money. They spent the same amount of money they would have spent on workstations, but it was spent in a smarter way and the people are happier because nobody wants to sit there waiting and watching the rainbow thing. They, they, they actually want to sit and do work, right? They enjoy that. So... Give them the tools they need to do the job. That's fascinating. I never considered that. Absolutely fascinating that that at the end of the day, it always comes down to the labor cost. The most essential and expensive part of any operation is labor. And that that a regular update or assessing of your of, of your systems can actually save you big time money and labor costs. So if you ran, you know, imagine yourself running an electrical company. And, you know, you had 10 vans on the road and you bought, you know, 15-year-old used rust buckets for everybody. And that was the vans they drove around, right? And and maybe they don't break down that often. But, I mean, that would be pretty obvious to people, 
right? You would look at it and go, wow, those are really old vans. I should probably get some new ones because if I get some new vans, my people will be more efficient. I'll be able to spend less money on gas. I'll, you know what I mean? Like we can see that. It's a tangible thing. Yet if you look around your business today, how old are those computers? I guarantee they're older than they should be. And, and, and we all know it, right? But we think that's a spot where we can save. Where, ah, it's not so bad. We can, yeah. we can go another little while with it. But in the end, you're paying for it in labor, right? Or frustration or, right? Is, are you really getting the most out of the, the most expensive thing for any business is labor, right? That's, that's, that's our highest cost. Of all of the costs that we pay every month, people are our largest cost. So get them a sharp pencil, right? Why are they writing with a little stubby, you know, <laughs> broken lead, you know, useless piece of junk, right? Get them a nice sharp pencil that they can that they can use. And and some of them might not need a pencil. Some of them might need, you know, a fancy pen with eight colors on it, right? That that pops up and down and 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 you know how those are the fancy features. Other people just need a pencil. But at least get them a sharp pencil instead of a, a you know a dull short one. So I guess the the outside eye, the consultative part of the process, can be extremely rewarding for the client as well. Yeah, it's 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 not necessarily spend more money because most people spend more money than they should on a particular thing, and and then they only focus on one or two. So they'll say, "Look, I, I got three thousand dollars to spend on this. I'll get two new machines." Right, or I'll get three new machines or something like that. Versus, we might look at it and say, "Okay, well, we got three thousand dollars to spend. Let's take that machine and move it over here, and then get a new machine over there." Now I've spent with that. You know, let's say we're getting three machines at a thousand bucks each. Okay, right. really simple numbers. I've spent a thousand dollars on one new machine, but I've I've made two people better. Right, I understand by doing that, not just one person better by doing that. Right. So you look at the stats. Everything for us is based on the data, right? The data doesn't lie. I can show you who's using their computer and who's not. I can show you that, yeah, we bought this machine for, for this person, and, and they're, they're not using it to its full potential at all. So we can, we can get them a machine that is maybe not as powerful, and they'll still do a wonderful job. They won't notice a darn thing about it. And we'll take that machine that's too powerful for them and move it to somewhere else where it can be useful. So you're telling me that in the consultative process, in the process of sort of analyzing what the firm has, what the firm is using, that aside from the money you save them if the house burns down, let's just put that aside for a second, just a reasonable outside look at the abilities and necessities of the equipment they have can pay for your service. Sometimes we don't need new machines. We just need to move things around, right? Look, usually there's a few, yeah. right? Nobody hires us because everything's going amazing. Usually there's some there's some problems, right? So so yeah, but there's there's data in there that goes beyond the Captain Obvious stuff, right? Right? Is you can walk around and go, that's old, that's old, that's old, that's old, and if that's what you're getting from your IT today, you know. Frankly, the bar is pretty low on that, right? We need some more analysis, some more data that says, okay, this is how the PC is being used, one. And two, this is what the person does for the company. And this is their role in the company. And this is why it's important. Here's how it fits. 
And so what is that person's connection to how your business makes money? Is that person absolutely vital to how you make money? Or is the person not closely tied to how you make money? Okay, if that person does not show up for work today, are you all right? Or are you in a tough spot? Right? So if you're in a tough spot, if that person doesn't show up for work today, you're also in a tough spot if that person isn't as efficient as they should be. I see. Right? So that's the way we should think about it. And it's, it, it's tough to think about because, you, you know, you don't really think about it until the person isn't there or the person's sick for two weeks or, you know, then you got a problem on your hands. But, you know, imagine if I walked in and pulled the plug on that computer right now and it wasn't there. How much would that affect your business? If you can think of five, six machines that if they weren't there today, then you would be seriously compromised. Those should be the best machines. Beautiful. Right? So are those, if you look around at your business today, are those five, six machines the best machines? Or are they the worst machines? Because those are the people who've been there the longest. Right? Is that backwards? And if it's backwards, then let's do something about it. Leslie, that's fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun.